0: War was Black Africa, where 14 new nations came into being that year. The ambitions of a post-colonial world were played out at the Olympics when marathoner Abibi Bekila of Ethiopia became the first black athlete from sub-Saharan Africa to win a gold medal, running barefoot through the Roman streets less than a quarter century after Italy had invaded his homeland. Early formulations of the individualism that came to define the 60s decade could also be seen in Rome, most notably in a cocky German sprinter, Armin Hari, and an 18-year-old light heavyweight boxer from Louisville named Cassius Marcellus Clay, whose gold medal performance marked the first step onto the world stage of a character who soon gained renown as Muhammad Ali. And finally, it was at the 1960 Olympics that American women athletes took a more prominent role. Sexism still dominated the Olympic movement, as it did the entire world of sports, but the realities of the Cold War helped force progress for the simple reason that success of U.S. women could boost the medal count versus the Soviets. On the Stadio Olimpico track, in the late summer heat, the rise of women was helped immeasurably by the radiance of sprinter Wilma Rudolph and the Tiger Bells, who came out of Coach Ed Temple's little program at Tennessee State University to capture the world's admiration, and to inspire women athletes for generations thereafter. It is with the Tiger Bells and Rayford Johnson, two years before Rome, that the story begins. All the Way to Moscow Darkness fell slowly in Midsummer Moscow, but the Americans arrived so late that the chartered buses needed headlights to illumine the ride from the airport on the Monday evening of July 21, 1958. They were members of the first U.S. track and field team to visit the USSR since the start of the Cold War. Out the windows, flashes of light and shadow flitted by. Drunken men slouched in dimly lit doorways, armed soldiers at the intersections, broad avenues with little traffic other than buses whose exhaust fumes fouled the humid air, and the occasional black sedan claiming the VIP lane. Edward Stanley Temple had seen far worse back home. As someone who had spent a lifetime dealing with alien environments because of his skin color alone, Moscow was just a stop on the road, another way for the coach and his athletes to get where he wanted them to go, past Russia and into history at the 1960 Olympic Games in Rome. This leg of Temple's improbable journey had begun three weeks earlier with a gesture of audacious confidence. As he was preparing to leave his home in Nashville, Tennessee for the Fourth of July weekend, he asked his wife, Charlie, to pack his suitcase with enough clothes for him to spend several weeks overseas. The request surprised her, since the schedule called for Temple, the women's track coach at Tennessee Agricultural and Industrial State University, to be away for only four days at the national championships in Morristown, New Jersey. That was just the first stop, he explained. Although nothing had been decided yet, he predicted that he and his Tiger Bells would be chosen to go from there all the way across the Atlantic for the first ever dual track meet between the United States and the Soviet Union. The fact that Temple booked a lad Bus Company charter for the ride to New Jersey underscored his conviction of better things to come. For years, his track team had traveled in two clunky station wagons, four or five girls per car, one driven by him, the other by his friend, the photographer Earl Clanton, who had coined the team's evocative Tiger Bell's nickname, a felicitous melding of Tiger and Southern Bell. Their traditional road trips ventured deeper into Jim Crow territory to track relays at Tuskegee Institute or Alabama State and followed a familiar pattern. Late on a Friday, often around midnight, they broke away from the hilly campus in North Nashville. The Waybacks jumbled with gym duffels, starting blocks, hammers, spikes, purses, curling irons, and meals of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and apples packed in brown paper bags. It was best if they filled the gas tank beforehand. Getting service at a station along the way could be a dicey proposition, and the fewer stops the safer. Temple grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and he recruited a few athletes from the projects in Chicago and New York, but most of his runners came out of rural Georgia towns like Jakin, Griffin, and Bloomingdale. They had seen whites-only signs all their lives and knew how to keep on going. At some point